Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Guys, and welcome back to another kind of unique episode. Um, earlier today, was interviewed by the Call Center Helper podcast, and I don't want to give the full podcast episode away because they did an awesome job and they had a ton of really good insights, but. I just wanted to kind of give some of the highlights of it. I will highly suggest that uh, that podcast episode will be coming out on the Call Center Helper uh, website that you listen to it. It's going to be uh, end of March, early April. I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll send a link out as well. But here was just a couple questions that they asked to kind of get a flavor of the <clears throat> of the episode. And I think there's some really unique insights and some really good questions that they had. So um, a little bit of a different episode, but uh, I hope you enjoy. So the first question that was asked was five traits that make up a great contact center. This uh, this was my answer. I'll give you five. Um, you know, there, there's five things that I think we look for when we see a, a high producing call center and something in my call center that we we really try to stress. And, you know, some of them might be self-explanatory, but other of these other of these might be a little bit kind of, I don't want to say off the wall, but a little unique. But so, you know, number one is is really measuring the proper metrics. We are all in our industry as a whole is so stuck in service level, average handle time, ASA, um, talk time. And, you know, when we hit these metrics, so, you know, I have, a, I have an 80-30 today with a, you know, average handle time under four minutes. So I had a great day. Well, the problem with that is the only thing that you're measuring is the efficiency of your call center and the efficiency of your reps. But you're not listening to the customer experience at all. So a high producing contact center. And I think one of the great contact centers now is start, starting to listen to the customer. That started with CSAT and NPS scoring. But I think we can take that to the next level um, and really get into the speech analytics and looking at you know customer sentiment scores. So if you can benchmark a customer sentiment score and, and you're raising those scores, plus having the efficiency of your call center be you know, where you're hitting those service levels, you're hitting those telephony metrics. I think that's kind of the new definition of a world-class center and something that, that really you can benchmark from. The other thing that we see is, is kind of stresses in that education format where your middle management run your call center. If you have really strong supervisors, really strong team leads, you're going to have a strong super or a, a strong call center. So making sure that you have a management training program, making sure that you have ongoing education, not just for your reps, but for your management, that you're not just pulling a high producing rep off the phones, and put the, putting them into a supervisory role, I think, is is really important. Number three, and I know I, I, I'd like to talk about this a little bit more as we kind of go on here, but number three is, is can you define your culture? And everybody talks about, hey, improving the culture, but nobody really knows what that means. Um, so, you know, when you can define your culture 
And then you have the ability to hire, promote, and incent off of that culture. It totally changes what your contact center can be from, from just saying, hey, um, I think this person's really good. They've been in the contact industry for a long time. That's a really important part. And I know, I think, you know, we're going to kind of touch on that a little bit later. Number four is, it's got to be fun, right? I mean, the contact center, you can do things that you you can't do anywhere else. So, you know, from having games going on constantly in the call center to having something that that the reps are getting up and out of their seat, I think is a really important thing. Um, when you're really looking at that occupancy number and kind of dialing it down a little bit for, for a game or, or something in the call center is important. And the last one I have that I think is really important too is, is we do a very poor job as an industry as a whole with educating tone. When we, we educate, we educate, you know, where to click in the CRM. And when a customer says this, you're going to go to this and you tell them this, but we don't do a great job of, of actually using the tone of their voice. What words are we using? How are we saying it? Because it, my, my saying is when my call center is the tone is the message. And if your tone is poor, no matter what the experience or the message, and even if the, the customer gets what they want, if that tone was wrong, the experience was poor. So I think those are our five really core key metrics and kind of things that people can kind of strive to, to have a unique and kind of a, a cool call center. All right. So the next question was, what were some ways that you can improve the culture in your uh, contact center? We all talk about improving culture, but really nobody knows what that means. Um, when I When I ask a if we go to consult or if I talk to a client who has an internal call center and I say, hey, I want to match the culture that you guys have if you really like it. And can you can you define that for me? And everybody struggles with that. So the first thing is, I think you need to define it. Let me give you an example. So in, in the call center that I run here, our BPO, our, call, our, our culture is a sunshine attitude with an entrepreneurial mindset. Now, that's a lot of mumbo jumbo. That's the pretty thing to put on the uh, kind of the mission statement deal. But what that boils down to is attitude and effort. So those are the two pillars that we have decided are going to be what we're going to hire, what we're going to incent, and what we're going to promote off of. So we have done things such as you know using you know agent sentiment scoring to actually incent reps to have a nice tone and actually pay them more for being nice on the phone. Like it's a it's a benchmark now that we can actually use. We can look at um, you know the the effort piece of this, and, and we actually pay our reps um, incentive, you know, on attendance, um, and that can actually get pretty significant, you know, if there's if they can string a couple weeks together of 100% attendance. The same thing goes when we go to hire, right? We are not looking at a resume, and I think that this is a big mistake that a lot of call centers make is is HR will come to <laughs> to the the call center guys and say, hey, I think this person is going to be a great fit. My question was, is a great fit for what, right? So I think that that's a really, really important piece is, is understanding what you want. You know, do you have a sales call center where you're looking for more individuals who are, you know, driven off of a, a monetary number? Are you looking for more customer service associates that, that can work in a team, are collaborative, have the proper tone? What type of individual do you want? And then once you kind of can figure that out and HR can figure that out, then you can actually add pillars, which is a lot of fun to promote incent. Um, and hire off of those 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 pieces of culture. So I think that there's a lot of things that you can do then, you know, once you decide this is the type of center that we have. And, and the other thing that I see with call centers is that the, the company culture. So if you have an internal call center, your call center culture doesn't have to really totally match the company culture, right? Because you could be like at a, a very stoic financial services organization where everything is very professional. Um, and not to say that your call center is not going to do that. But 
the the type of, of tone that you want to to kind of project from your brand might be different than you know what the finance guys are are, are after. So you, those are a lot of questions that you have to ask from a from a culture standpoint of the of the company, and then kind of drill down to the call center um, and see what type of of tone, what type of individual do you want to project for your brand. So this was a cool question on what technology do I see emerging in the contact center and call center industry? Well, huge, huge argument going on in the industry right now with how far is AI going to go and how quick is it going to happen, right? And I think anybody, you know, in our industry would be naive to think that it's not going to play a significant role here in the next coming years. I, I don't know if that's five years, 10 years, six months, um, but I can say that with in November, Google just released basically their their call center AI platform. So everybody can now, quote unquote, I guess, start playing with it. Um, the first you know, couple of things that I think are going to have an impact and we are looking at this year is, is number one is you know, real time transcription um, in the Google Agent Assist. So, you know, to, to how powerful of a tool this will be to have an associate really be sitting there, right, talking to a customer. And I'm going to get a couple of things. Number one. I'm going to get real-time sentiment score. So currently we kind of take sentiment from speech analytics in the aggregate, and we look at it over maybe a day, an hour, two hours, three weeks. But now we're going to be able to get it in real time. So we're going to be able to kind of have a supervisor, have a mission control, or have a QA area, you know, really be able to see visually if a call is going south, if a customer is, is irritated. Um, I think that's a really powerful tool from a QA standpoint, and especially from a real-time QA standpoint. And then when you get the real-time transcription as well, and then AI kind of being laid over that, so as words are being spoken from the customer standpoint, as words are being spoken from the agent standpoint, the key points of that call are going to be able to be pulled out. And if a customer calls in and says, hey, I'm really interested in, in this product, um, to actually have you know an, a PDF or information on, on sales data or the last specs on that product automatically pop up to an agent so that they're not looking and searching and and kind of talking about that same thing on the customer service side. Those are things that are here now, right? So these are things that I'm looking at. Our call center is looking at. I know we are a nice in contact shop. Nice in contact will have these pieces in their release this year. I know some of the other telephony providers will as well. Um, that's the that's the in your face. It's here um, AI. Um, and then you know moving forward. That's where it gets a little sketchy. You know, we have every day I get people, you know, talking to me like, hey, you know, reduce 30% of your call center agents with this AI because everybody, you know, saw that uh, saw that Google um, at their at their user conference, what, about six or eight months ago when, you know, they called the uh, the hair salon and, and kind of had a real human that wasn't a human kind of go through the whole process. Um, that's not here yet. But again, I think we're naive to, to think it's not coming. But I think from the Google Agent Assist, um, real-time transcription, those things are here now, and they're going to have a huge benefit in the in the customer experience for the for the customers and the and the clients and the the companies that that want to start to implement and kind of move down the road with this AI technology. So then, this question was: What were some brands or some companies that you know, I think really do a great job with with customer experience? Yeah, and maybe I, I I flipped this question around, but let me answer that and then kind of add the maybe the the devil's advocate to that. So, um, you know, you, you have different companies that have almost weaponized the customer experience, right? You have like Zappos, you have here in the states, you have Chick Fil A, 
right? That have, when you think of those companies, one of the first things that come to mind is the actual customer experience. And that's a, that's kind of an amazing thing. And, and how they've done that is, is it's in every piece of their culture. It's in every piece of social media that goes out. It's in how they actually interact with customers. When I drive through a Chick-fil-A and I say, thank you, they say my pleasure. Those, you know, two little words um, that everybody is ingrained and trained with have, have made a huge difference and, and made people think about, you know, how can I brand? Because they actually are kind of branding their customer experience, um, which is a really, really cool and, and opens up a whole new, um, you know, set of really cool and unique things that you can do, you know, from from that standpoint. But working in a BPO and, and owning a BPO, so we're, we're an outsourcer that works with a lot of different clients. We kind of see the, the flip side of it um, with with the companies that I don't want to say are not doing it well, but it's not a priority. So a lot of the big tech companies, so what happened, and this is kind of a trickle down effect. So you have, you know, the Facebook and the Google and the, you know, the LinkedIn and those, those big giant type of, of tech companies that, you know, if you want to try to get a hold of their customer support, you're going to go through a, a process, right? And you're probably not going to get anything real time and it's going to be an email. So what happens is we're seeing a lot of startups that we're working with have the same exact mentality, right? They think that they can do what Facebook does and Google does because that's who they interact with and who they, they, they kind of mold themselves after. And it's such a, it's such a, a poor way of doing business. And, and we're trying to get them to, to kind of see the, the kind of the light at the end of the tunnel and, and what a tool dealing with your customers is. Um, but also how awesome it is for your business model right? When you're handling these guys in, in a first call resolution, trying to get them within a certain time period, actually talking to them where you can do cross-sells and upsells um, after you're really handling and kind of building brand and um, building a unique experience for them. So, you know, th- there's the companies that are doing it right are, are kind of killing it. It's not easy, right? And it's a ton of training and it's a, it's a, it's a company-wide process that needs to happen. Um, but when you, when you do it and it's done right, it's, a, it's such an advantage for a, for a company or for a brand. So this was a pretty cool question on you know, what were a couple ways that I thought you could make your customer experience unique uh, for your brand or for your company? Yeah, one of the things I, I, I kind of want to add, and I can maybe throw in, into this as well, is, but when we were talking about culture, you know, that's kind of we talked about the, the hiring um, and that's kind of the defining the culture is the, the macro. Right. And then moving into kind of the micro with that, which I think goes into your question here of a unique customer experience is, one of the things and one of the biggest tips that I can give to improve someone's call center um, and also I think make the customer's experience better is we call it controlling the first 30 minutes of the shift, right? Or 30 minutes of the day. So, you know, whether what your culture is, if we'd like to have music going, we like to have a kind of a high energy um, kind of call center floor. And I, I understand you have different reps coming in at different times. Um, but, you know, at that beginning of the day, I think that's really important. To, to have a every single associate greeted as they come in, right? So that the email that you're working on, Mrs. Supervisor, is not as important as that rep that's coming in by you. So whether you're a high fiver, whether you're just a handshake, or whether you're a hey Jane, you know, kind of taking the temperature of your rep, I think is is really important. Then recapping the, the day before, giving goals out for the for, for today's day. And then actually every single team that we have here at Expedia. There's a game going on on every single team, whether it's team versus team, whether it's individual versus individual, something's going on. But I think if you can control that first 30 minutes, the customer experience improves vitally 
because you know you know that you're kind of you turned any of those those poor attitudes that maybe came in. Um, you've kind of taken the temperature of the room. Everybody understands the goals and they understand what how they're going to have fun in, for the day as well. So I think that's really important. Some of the other things from a, a unique experience, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit about really branding or immersing your your customer into your culture. So if you are a again a financial services organization, maybe you want to have you know yes sir, no sir. You know that's that's a, you're immersing them into that professional kind of attitude. But if you are a shoe company or you're retail and you're working with 18 to you know 25 year olds, maybe you can use words like hey that's cool. Oh hey thank you. That's awesome, right? Not everything needs to be cookie cutter and how you talk to your customers um, and how you brand your service, I think, needs to match the culture and what you're trying to reflect. And that's something that we try to do here a lot, too. Every single client is a little bit different. So to match the rep with, with how to speak to the customer, even demographic, those types of things, I think, are, uh, are really important. The other really cool thing that we've had customers actually buy into is using customer experience as a marketing tool. So we actually are taking service level. We're taking calls and queue. We're taking agent and customer sentiment scores, and we're actually posting them on their website through APIs. So in real time, right, when a customer goes to XYZ company's um, customer service page because they need to talk to them when they need their phone number, they're going to see the amount of calls and queue, the the customer and agent sentiment scores, which hopefully are good, right? Um, those types of things. So if we're doing our job here in the call center, those stats from both a, a telephony efficiency standpoint and also from a customer sentiment standpoint should be really high. We can actually prove to customers that you know they're getting a really really high end customer service experience. And then you know we talked about you know some of these other things too of, of in, incenting the proper KPIs, not just kind of tracking them, but actually paying your reps off of of new type of technologies, the new sentiment scoring. I'm really looking at what makes a really cool customer experience. It's not just service level. It's not just handle time, uh, but looking at some of those metrics. Um, and then, you know, kind of lastly, every single call center out here, and, and I think that this is really important, is we have so much technology, right? And not all of us use the technology that we have. And, and I think one of the really important things is, is to, to talk to your supervisors, to really dig into whatever platform you have. There's, there's tools that you're not using that can improve and kind of make that customer experience unique that you don't even know you have because you're just kind of stuck in, this is kind of what we do. So every time that we go consult, we go talk, that's one of the huge questions. And it kind of blows people's mind. Like, oh my gosh, I don't even need to pay for this. We're just not using it. Um, and I think that that's a really important tip to, to really dig in. And the, the, the platforms that are out there today are so powerful um, that there's a lot of things that you're probably not using that you, you probably should be.